What's your favorite scary movie? podcast for two 20-something LGBTs, talk the horror movie of the week, real-life primer events, and if it's worthy of being an honorary gay film. And yes, the titles are puns. I'm Elle. I'm Kate. Hello, everyone. So, we're, we're very excited. So, for this one, we're doing 1982's Death Trap. Yes. Directed by Sidney... Oh, God, I've never said his name out loud. Sidney Lumet, right? I believe so, yeah. My cinephile card is going to get taken away. Sydney Lumet, based on a play by Ira Levin, and the J. Preston Allen did the screenplay adaptation. So I, I'm going to get this out of the way. That If you have not seen this, you really should watch it beforehand. Because, and it, it's not to say that, because this is a, so this is less horror and more of a comedy thriller, as that's how it's marketed. It has some horror elements, but we, I figured it was enough to be able to do it on the talk about it on the show i just i watched it recently and was like i have to talk about this i have to talk about this right now um but so there's a lot there's a lot going on in this and the the log line in the trailer like don't give anything away which is i think it's brilliant and i know that like the whole cast like swore themselves to secrecy like we won't don't worry like our lips are sealed so i'm just saying i know that like it shouldn't, the quality of something shouldn't be based on whether or not you don't know about the twist going in. I'm just saying, I think you would enjoy it more. I sure, like, I didn't know, and I, like, was losing my mind when I watched it. I, not, I, I made sure Elle went in blind, too. So that's yes. all I'm just gonna say. If you can watch it beforehand, I highly suggest it, just because it's, it's, it's fun. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. But so, um, so it's about so Michael Caine plays Sydney, uh, this playwright who he's like a famous like thriller playwright, and it's like oh is this Ira Levin? No. Uh, Ira Levin, you guys <laughs> might know from he wrote a lot of things that were adapted, like he wrote the Rosemary's Baby book, he wrote the Stepford Wives book, but he also wrote a few plays, and this was one of them. And so Michael Caine plays this playwright who. God, <laughs> I'm always so bad at synopsis. His his latest one has bombed, and he's really dejected by it, and he goes home to his wife, and he's just like, oh, fuck this. And he's like, meanwhile, this play just got sent in from some guy at a seminar, and it's perfect, and obviously I should kill him and take the play and pretend it's my own. And she's like, her wife's like, what? And, <laughs> and a lot happens from there. So, uh, First of all, uh, I don't know how much plot I should say. Like, but we're gonna, we're obviously gonna be talking about spoilers. Yeah. But like. Okay. So anyway, so. <laughs> Fuck it. So Christopher Diane Cannon plays his wife Myra, and then Christopher Reeve comes in as Clifford, the said like protege. And stuff pans out. You think that he has killed him. He's killed Clifford. And his wife's freaking out. Myra's freaking out. Like, oh no. But then it turns out that the, this was all just a ruse to scare her to death because she has a heart condition. And, like, that's like, bitch, it's the serve. Like, when that, <laughs> it, it kind of happens, like, about halfway, a little less than halfway through. 
and the rest of it becomes this like the aftermath of all of that because so I guess in the in the play it's just like heavily implied that the two men are lovers but in this they're like no we're like stating this because that <laughs> in, in 1982 this was a huge deal the two men share a kiss and it's like the mm-hmm. tamest kiss in the world but it's still like a huge deal not to mention the fact that Christopher Reeves is like shirtless in it so <laughs> <laughs> but anyways a lot, a lot happens let's get into it so okay L, I need to know your thoughts I like didn't really want to talk about it too much I, I just kind of like threw you off into the wind <laughs> no you're good. Uh, but okay, so when it when it started out and he and Cindy killed Clifford, I was like, okay, I know that Kate wrecked this to me, so I know it's gonna be good. I just have to wait for it. And Whoa! He like reappeared and like came hitting Cindy over the head with like the the styrofoam log. The log. And then chased chased after Myra down the stairs. I like, I thought, okay, he wasn't actually dead. And so he, like, buried, he, like, dug himself out of the garden. And then Sydney comes in. He's like, you know, that star from Log really hurt. And I'm like, they're in together. Oh! I was starting to freak out. And then, yeah, and then yeah. the kiss happened. And then I was like, okay, that's, that's new, too. And just the, the spiraling tension afterwards that goes on from there. Yeah. Especially after Helga comes in, who's, like, their next-door neighbor. Oh, and yeah. she's, she's, like, a psychic. She can almost, like, she can read the, like, mood of the room of, like, you know, where certain emotions are happening. And, like, she ch- she check off gun so many things in that house. And, but, like, <laughs> it's also, it's, it was, like, really good. I love her character so much. Um, she, she, I was, like, good for her at the end. Yeah. Yeah, I should mention all the weapons and, like, the design of all of this. I fucking love... First, you know, my theater background, I love things that are based on plays. And, like, you can tell this is based on a play, but it's still really good. Um, But, like, the set design especially... I Like, I would live there, first of all. But also just all the... It must have been fun to be the prop master to shop for all those, like, antique weapons and everything that's in... Yeah. That's in Sydney's study. Like, oh my god, that then be... Like, those... They're there for a reason because, like, the whole time you're supposed to be thinking, like, which one of those is going to get used on someone at some point? Because, <laughs> and various yeah. weapons are used. It's it's an insane amount. Like, there's the Houdini handcuffs and chains. There's a crossbow. There's guns. There's knives. There's some kind of, like... Axe. Axe, yeah. <laughs> and then a styrofoam log. That part... That, the image of christopher reeve like bursting through a window with a styrofoam log like of all weapon choices well you don't know it's styrofoam but just him holding a log was is so funny i i love just how extra all of this is because it makes sense because it's when it it boils down to what if like theater people planned a murder it would be extra (laughs) as fuck and it is and like and they know this and it's it's so meta about all of it because later on when clifford is planning the play he's like okay wasn't that ridiculous what we did imagine if an audience saw that and he's right because like the tension in this is is palpable like even when you know that it's so ridiculous like i guess most thrillers just are ridiculous but this one especially you agree right like Abs- yes, you- absolutely. <laughs> yeah. 
I don't know. It's it's all very heightened, but it, it makes sense. Like, I, I know theater people. If any of them tried to plan a murder, it would be as elaborate as possible. <laughs> so dramatic. The whole thing. It's about, can we talk about Myra? Like, every time, like, the phone rang or Sydney yes. came in, she, like, screamed. There yeah. <laughs> she Diane Cannon is so funny in this. Oh, my God. Like, I wish she hadn't died so soon almost just because she's so funny in it. Uh... <laughs> Yeah, I was I was telling Elle about how how sad I am that theater isn't a thing right now anymore because I'd love to direct a production of this and we were casting like a dream revival of it and I was like Kristen Chenoweth has to play Myra <laughs> because she'd be so good. <laughs> she would. Just like tiny and loud and screaming all the time. <laughs> um. We were talking like about like Henry Cavill gets to play Clifford because like we gotta get another <laughs> Superman, and it's so scary how much he and Christopher Reeve look alike at certain parts. Like they have a resemblance already, yeah. but like at certain parts you're like, oh what shit? <laughs> you guys look that alike right there. And and Rollins Barza gets to play Sydney. <laughs> yeah, Rollins Barza is gonna play Sydney. That's I can't believe you thought of that and I didn't. I think we thought, I, I, the more that the more I think about it though, I don't know if Henry Cavill like would work because he's just too beefy and like hot. Like you oh, have to believe just... it. You have to believe it first that Clifford is just this like dorky lanky playwright. Like Christopher Reeve has the range. <laughs> I well, got to get him off about... the Superman thing. I know, and this well, I'll talk about that more. But this was during he was still Superman during this. Oh but, yeah. Um, what else? I want to talk about oh, the sweater game in this is ridiculous. Like, <laughs> this is some kind of like aesthetic that I didn't know I needed. This whole film. <laughs> like I want to be a playwright living in upstate New York. Oh, oh, another thing I kind of wanted to talk about. Well, there's so much that I'm reserving for the third part of this conversation because it's super fucking gay. So I don't know if you had anything else you wanted to say. Um, I think it's really well done. Uh, What's well done about it? I need you to to elaborate. (laughs) It's just such a good setup because, like, if you know nothing going into it, like, the twist got me, and I think the actors (laughs) did a great job, especially because this was something different for Christopher Reeve to, like, be something else besides Superman. Uh, And he he went for it, too, so I was like, good luck, good for him. Um, I just, I think it was just casted really well. I, I loved all the characters and their parts, and the, the tension was so well done, uh, especially with uh, Helga coming in and doing all her, you know, mood readings and stuff around yeah. the room. That was so fun. She just enters her house, and she's like, oh, confusion. <laughs> Men with boots going to attack you. So I just absolutely loved it. Uh and I hope a lot of people get to watch it after they hear about it. Hell yeah. I, oh, I did want to say you mentioned the <laughs> acting and, like, it's like the, they, pe- the actors in this really get to showcase, like, a whole different range. Like, not just, like, oh, this is a different role for them, but the characters go through so much, partially because the char- they're all, like, putting on an act in so many ways. But, like, I especially loved, like, Michael Caine's so good in this. Like, he's so good in everything. I know that's, like, an understatement. But, like, I really noticed this, during this rewatch how, like, pathetic he is in the second act. Like, he thinks that he's being this, like, big, 
guy for murdering his wife and like but also trying to play the like oh I didn't want to do it and everything but then he's just like I don't know he's just so goddamn pathetic by the end that he just plays it so well like I don't but he's also like treating it so like when he like has the gun on Clifford and he's like genuinely like crying about what he's about to do even like it's like sir you you did this (laughs) I don't know yeah all of them (laughs) I just, oh, I love acting. I love, maybe that's why I love things that are based on plays. It's because it, it really is like an opportunity for that kind of like depth and performance. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you know. Um, so did you, you found a true crime thing about somehow relating to this, right? Yes. Um, because I couldn't, I couldn't find anything that was like somebody kills another person for, their writing and, like, published it as their own or anything like that. Which I'm surprised it's not happened. Every time I tried to look it up, they're like, here's how to kill off a character. And I'm like, that's not what I mean, so. <laughs> You're gonna get put on a watch list. I'm, I'm the FBI man watching my computers. Like, what are they looking <laughs> up? But I did find, um, like, crime thriller writers who act- turned out to be actual murderers. Yes. Uh, so that kind of fits with it. <laughs> so... There was a, this was back in 2018 is when this list came out. Uh, so there was Nancy Crampton Brophy. She was an Oregon novelist who wrote a book about a woman who spent every day of her marriage fantasizing about killing her husband. And then she was arrested for allegedly murdering her husband. <laughs> uh, in, 2000, in 2015, the gritty romance writer self-published a book called The Wrong Husband. Uh, who, about a woman who tries to escape her abusive husband by faking her own death, and in 2011 she penned an essay titled How to Murder Your Husband for a blog called Scene Jade Publish. Though Crampton Brophy's alleged murder is a particularly absurd case of life-intimidating art, it is not a totally uncommon occurrence. Uh, so there is also Blake Libel. Uh, in June of 2018, he was sentenced to life in prison for the torture and murder of his girlfriend, Ayana Kazian, whose body was drained of all her blood in a crime that a prosecutor said mirrored the script of a graphic novel that uh, Libel co-wrote. Uh, Beth Silverman, the prosecuting attorney, called Libel's brutal torture and murder of Kazian in 2016 a case of life imitating art, and it had the novel was called Syndrome. It had depictions of bloodletting in it. Uh, and it also, the cover of the book has an image of a baby doll being scalped, which resembles body parts found at the crime scene. There is also Richard Klinkhammer. Uh, this was way back in 1992, uh, a year after the wife of Dutch crime writer, the, the Dutch crime writer disappeared, the author gave his publisher a manuscript of a novel that, according to The Guardian, was a grisly, detailed exploration of seven ways in which Klinkhammer could conceivably have killed his wife, Helenor. Uh, in one of the scenarios set out in the book, he disposes of her body by pushing her flesh through a mincer and feeding it to the pigeons. Uh, <laughs> I was like, just say you hate women and go. <laughs> God, uh, although he was an immediate suspect in the police inquiry of his wife's disappearance, they couldn't proceed with their investigation because there was no body. After the Dutch crime writer's grisly and seemingly autobiographical manuscript was rejected by his publisher for being too gruesome, uh, the excerpts for it began popping up in the Dutch underground press, and then he became a sort of literary celebrity, uh, appearing on guests in various TV shows, of course. Uh, 
So while making home renovations after he moved to Amsterdam uh, and a family had moved into the house that he had formerly shared, uh, the family hired a digger who found a skull buried beneath the concrete floor of a backyard shed which belonged to his wife, and in 2000 police finally arrested him and he confessed. There's also Anne Perry. Uh, she was uh, in prison five years. Uh, before she became a best-selling crime novelist, uh, she murdered her best friend's mother. Uh, she was The 15-year-old was found guilty of bludgeoning Honora Parker to death, along with her 16-year-old best friend, Paulina Parker. It occurred in 1954 after Holmes' parents told her they were getting a divorce and shipping her off to South Africa to live with her aunt. So having developed a close bond with Parker, Holmes thought they could leave New Zealand together, but Parker's mother refused. Uh, so apparently her refusal, as the Guardian reports, triggered Parker's murderous rage and Holm believes she owed it to her friend to help lure Par Mrs. Parker to Christchurch Park and cosh her with a brick and a stocking. Uh, after her release, Holm moved to Scotland and reinvented herself as a crime novelist, changing her name to Anne Perry and went on to publish roughly 40 books. Her true identity was only outed in 1994 after Peter Jackson made Heavenly Creatures, <laughs> a film based on the real-life events. Uh, according to a 60-minute interview from 2012, Perry believes she paid her debt to society, saying one needs to pay you when you know you're in the wrong, then you can leave it behind you. It's not a terrible thing, it's a good thing, it's a healing thing to pay and then leave it behind. So, there's a few others, but those were the ones that I was just like, holy shit. Yeah, we gotta do Heavenly Creatures sometime. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. When you said Anne Perry, Bless. I was like, oh boy. <laughs> Oh, uh, here we go. Yeah, I worked when I worked at a bookstore. Like my coworkers would always like point at the section and be like, "She killed someone." <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a lot of murdering authors, huh? That's, are, God, yeah. There was like a few okay? others on there that. Yeah, you good? Are y'all good? Uh, that reminds I, me of like <laughs> in the movie uh, when Sydney like mentions his weapons collection he's like i like to surround myself because he likes like i try to get in the mindset of like okay like uh when he's like writing his thriller yeah plays and stuff and he's like trying to get in the mind of like a killer or something and i was just like okay <laughs> laughing nervously whatever what you say <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> well that is interesting because i mean like i feel like it can go either way like especially maybe less with thriller and more of like horror like the people a lot of people that create horror are like some of the most well-adjusted people you ever meet because they get it all out in their work but then like i guess on the other hand if you're like i must get into the mindset like shit like this can happen <laughs> but yeah. this was like what happens in this is more of like a power play like or he's mm -hmm. they're doing it for money or power or both like it's but you need to have that in you. You have to have that capacity to begin with in order to see it through. So, yeah, much to think about. But I did want to. I feel like that's a good segue about the handling of homosexuality in this because it's there. Um, yes. Because you had mentioned like when we're talking about the revival that we're definitely gonna make. You were like, well, how would we update this and make it so it's not a barrier, barrier gaze thing? And I was like, I don't think that's the issue here. And like, I wouldn't change a thing. And I guess in the play, it's it's not um, completely stated like that was something. But obviously. Yeah, uh, and it I was would, invented would, for, the, for the film. I would do it. So 
<laughs> is the Levin estate gonna sue me? Probably, but um. <laughs> but um, so just hey, you could be like that LA production that like they were naked in a bed together, <laughs> so <laughs> you um, know. Yeah, exactly. You can't stop me. Um, <laughs> can't stop. What really just the because it's. It's not that the twist is like, oh my god, they're gay, lol. Like, the twist is that they murdered someone together and they, they were planning this the whole time. Yeah. Like, the the bad elements of what they're doing is never because of their sexuality. And I think that's why I liked it so much. And just because, like, also, we've reached a point now even more where, like, there's more and more positive representation that that allows for something like this to just have some people that are gay and murdering and like because this is so fascinating and their dynamic is more fascinating even especially after the murder because that's when the real power plays come in because but i don't think we mentioned it but but clifford starts writing a play that's literally the events of what happened in the first act and and so sydney's like what the fuck are you doing like this is an admission basically and because like he's doing he's like well i want to i'm gonna be famous baby and and all all sydney wants to do is just live his life after you know murdering his wife for her money you know we've all been there but it's it's yeah because you really don't know what's gonna happen next between these two yahoos but that's that's just such an interesting like dynamic to me and like so i don't I don't know how it was received, like, if it was received by the gay community at all, like, in term- compared to something like Cruising, where they were literally, like, boycotting it. Um, yeah. But I just know that there was... So, oh, okay, so to talk about Christopher Reeve and, like, why I love him, and I just... Like, it was a ballsy move to do this role, especially while you're Superman. Um, mm-hmm. But at the same time, he never, like... I watched an interview that he did that was promoting this and like even despite like the controversy of like kissing another man in this like this is definitely more like esteemed role like it's a famous play right based on a a hit broadway show and it's definitely like a juicier role but that he was he's very clear and he's like i'm still i'm still superman like that's i like to make people happy doing that but um but he was also happy to expand his range and everything but i just feel like wonder if like he was warned that this would be a risky thing to do you know um i think they said that they were kind of hesitant yeah. about it they had to get drunk um, to but do then it. they just decided to go through yeah <laughs> they were like well just well, do whatever you want but i do know that there's allegedly some sc- like a test screening where some guy shouted no superman don't do it it's like fuck off <laughs> Superman is gonna kiss a man, and he's gonna kiss Alfred, and there's nothing you can do about it. <laughs> yeah, because there's like there's also like a TV version that was created where like instead of the kiss, there's just like Clifford like caresses Sydney's face, and I'm just like boo, boo. It. God, that's just that's less interesting. Like, isn't it more interest? Like. I where would you even I, the motivation doesn't even make as much sense if they're just buds like i don't know it's the leopold and Loeb of it all you know it's the yes the, I, rope is we talked about rope extensively you know how much i love rope you know <laughs> farley granger farley oh granger. yeah yeah <laughs> tell him <laughs> uh so in the of the original um plays when they first started up uh one of the five actors that played sydney was Farley Granger. <laughs> and I, I learned during research that Victor Garber was the original Clifford, and I was like, oh my god. 
Um, but yeah, I don't know. I think I just love this this trope of of gay murderers. <laughs> Maybe that's just my problem. But also, oh, okay. So speaking of which, I there's no way this didn't inspire the Hannibal show. Like specifically the. Not just the the power dynamics, but the the score in this is so like all the harpsichords and the classical music and the piano. Yes. I'm like, am I watching Hannibal? Is this <laughs> <laughs> gonna knock on Brian Fuller's door, sir? Have you seen Death? Literally, Trap? if I ever talk to Brian Fuller, I'm gonna be like, I have just one question. This <laughs> question. Like, I'm not crazy, am I? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, Death Trap. Farley Granger's just gonna play a gay murderer. <laughs> there was some um, letterbox review of Strangers on a Train that was like, I relate to Farley Granger's complete inability to appear heterosexual on screen. <laughs> <laughs> what a mood. Same. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah, great, great Same. cast in this. <laughs> Absolutely. I don't know. This, like, Absolutely. I just started watching a shitload of Michael Caine movies after this, including Dirty Rotten Scoundrels, which I recommended to you. We can talk about that in the, the wind down. Yes. Is there is there anything else you want to say about this? Like, I feel like I'm just, like, yelling into the abyss that everyone needs to watch Death Trap and scream with us. <laughs> no! Please, you're fine. Um, it's just so fun. And yeah. I just love how dramatic and twisty it mm-hmm. is. And... I just, I can't write. If you are curious about it, I highly recommend going in not knowing anything. But after this, you uh, know what? It's too late now. <laughs> I mentioned it before, but I will say it again. Yeah. If you know anybody that's, like, interested in stuff and also wants to watch more Michael Caine movies, <laughs> recommend this film. Absolutely. God. I was joking with Sid- Sydney, friend of the show, Sydney, about... Uh, because they're doing Summer Under the Stars on TCM right now. And I was like, if it was Michael Caine Day, they would not have... Well, like, first of all, they have to show Death Trap, but they wouldn't have the balls to show Miss Congeniality. <laughs> and she's like, well, that's not a classic film. So. Oh my god, that's not my problem. But anyways, so, Death Trap. Tell your, tell your friends. Excellent. One day I will direct Absolutely. a production of this when theater is a thing again. Oh, like take Absolutely. take me back to fucking acting school in my directing class where I could like direct a scene from this. <laughs> Please. Oh, so yeah, Death Trap. You know, we, let's wind down then. Um, so I, I sure. rewatched Dirty Rotten Scoundrels. I needed something fun to watch, and it's such a comfort movie. It's um. Oh, I know why. Because there was like the con man draft on screen drop. I would watch it a lot. Cause I, <clears throat> this is my last week of unemployment. I, I got a job, but uh, so, uh, have I mentioned? Have I talked about Dirk yet on here? I time isn't real to me, so I don't know. No, I don't think you have. No. I watched a lot of Dirk Bogard movies. He was just another another dead gay, dead gay actor for me to obsess over. But there was a really good one called Libel that I watched because Olivia de Havilland had just passed away and she was in it too. It was like on my watch list anyway and he plays like dual roles and like it's a good like courtroom drama. But what, I watched a shit ton of Rock Hudson movies the other day because he was the star of the day on TCM and I just I love him. <laughs> um, <laughs> the, what else? 
rewatching the Friday the Thirteenth movies for some reason. Oh, should we talk about Host? We both watched that, didn't we? Yes. So, we both watched it. Yes. It's. I'm not as hyped for it as everyone else is, but I enjoyed it and definitely like appreciate that something like this got got made during quarantine. For those who don't know, Host is this movie on Shutter right now that was made right now during quarantine and like so it's all through it's supposed to be like through zoom kind of like via unfriended but um where these friends have like tried to host a seance over zoom and obviously that doesn't work out <laughs> <laughs> um i guess my main issues with it was just that, like just like technical like stupid things like i like there were, sometimes there weren't justifications as to why they were like bringing the laptop with them other than that was the only camera that they could do you know what i mean like the camera needed to be there so like because i thought there was a first early in the the beginning of the movie there was a time where like one of the girls like set her laptop down on her bed but you could see like her reflection in the mirror and i thought that they were gonna find more creative like ways to do shots like that but eventually it just became like this character is bringing the laptop with them because we need to see what's going on not because they would bring the laptop with them which was, for some reason, it's such a weird thing to be annoyed about. But I was like, this doesn't make sense. <laughs> I think my only my only thing that I can think of for that is just, like, besides, you know, they got to take the laptop with them. So yeah. Like, what's going on? It's <clears> like, the, all their friends are on there. And if they, like, they're still with me. So, like, they're, like, not, like, I'm not, like, walking away from the computer and, like, feeling alone. Like, they're with me there on the screen so they can see yeah. what's happening, too. So, I don't know. That's that's the only thing I can think of. Like, I, it was a good, enjoyable movie. It's under an hour. Yeah. So I was like, hell yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, I was telling you, they like ruin the final jump scare of it because there's literally a countdown on the top of the Zoom call of like when the Zoom call's gonna. End. I'm like, well, something's gonna pop out then, and it did. <laughs> Even though jump scares <laughs> do not get me, I, I was literally just like dead face when all the jump scares were happening but i did like the design of like whatever creatures were popping out they looked they looked funky but like so i'll give them that but yeah again just like props to people for like getting shit done in this in this day and age like that's more than i can say and yeah it's, it was definitely it creates a good atmosphere definitely it was it was fun uh i guess don't hold a seance over zoom is what we've learned <laughs> Don't fuck with ghosts, don't, people. Don't not truly do don't fuck with ghosts. It all, all everything goes to shit because that one girl fucks with ghosts, and like then that's it. So you see people fucking with Ouija boards, everything goes to shit. <laughs> Just don't do it. Well, what else have you been watching? Uh, so I watched. I think the last thing that I watched right before our last episode came out uh, was Batman and Bill. Oh yeah. Um, I don't remember if I mentioned it on the last episode or not, uh, but. It's a story about the uh, co-creator of Batman, because for a long time it had been Bob Kane, but then it was revealed uh, there was a man named Bill Finger who helped create uh, the Batman character. And uh, we (laughs) fuck Bob Kane. (laughs) All my homies hate Bob Kane. So uh, it's on Hulu. I highly recommend watching it if you're a fan of, like, comics and Batman in general. Uh, It's really well. I I, I wish I had someone that devoted to me (laughs) as the guy. Uh, who, what, who's uh, hosting the documentary of Batman and Bill? I can't remember his name right now, but like he was just doing this for oh, ages yeah. to get Bill's yeah. name on the co-creation. It took him decades, uh, which like, eventually did. Yeah. Ride or die. Like, 
Yeah, it, it, I wish. I, I've seen it too. I saw it a few years ago. It's really you. You get mad after watching it, cause. <laughs> oh, yeah. So now, whenever I see Bill Finger's name in anything, now I'm like, oh. <laughs> yes. love him. Um, and then today I watched The Last Black Man in San Francisco, uh, which was it was it came out last year. Yeah. Um, and it was it's it's so pretty, it's a, it's such a pretty film, um, and it was just a really good cast of characters as well. Um, this man is trying to get his grandfather's uh, house that's like in a really nice neighborhood. Uh, he's like trying to get it back. Um, once this couple that was living there for ages has to leave, and it's just all the events that spiral out from there. Um, I, I really liked it. I think it was a directorial debut from Joe Talbot. Um, and it's, I, I really liked it. I thought it was a really good film. So, uh, it's on Prime or Hulu. I can't remember which one it was on. I think it's Prime, um, that I watched it. Um, I really liked it. I think it's a good solid film to watch. Uh, highly recommend it. Especially the relationship between the characters that are all throughout it. Um, I really enjoyed as well, so... But that's that's really all I've been up to, uh, because I had to move, Woo! and so, uh, yeah. <laughs> um, so I'm um, I'm in New York now. Uh, I'm in this little apartment place that it's an all girls uh, apartment that you can live out like for up to five years, um, and it's actually a nice sized room that you get. Um, I'm not on the corner, but I'm kind of close to it, and you, you're right in the middle of Manhattan, so it's nice. Uh, but it's, it's just been really rainy here recently, so I'm just like, I can't go outside. There's also a pandemic, unfortunately. Yeah, that too. Can't go outside for anything. Can't do shit. You're well. stuck. <laughs> well then, uh, death trap! <laughs> <That's all. laughs> Well, on that note, Watch I, Death I hope Trap. we convinced a few folks. I hope the spoilers didn't ruin it, but I tried to warn yeah. you. <laughs> well, we'll be back in two... Uh, was, oh, it, yeah. uh, was it Joe Lepsity? That oh, yeah! Shout out to us? Yeah! Yeah. Thank you for that. He's great. Yeah, I was just... I was uh, the... I think I announced it the last episode but i was on uh, an episode of horror Cre horror queers recently talking about the old dark house so check that out yeah, yeah. and you <laughs> can find me at at dyke madden on twitter and you can find me at lm designs on twitter as well and the show is on uh twitter at horror time pod and facebook at stop horror time pod and a we are great for people who want to know more about horror and the lgbt life <laughs> of it, if it has it. And if anybody's curious but can't watch horror, we're great for it, because we tell you all the story all the time. Um, and thank you guys so much for following us on Twitter. We're over 100 followers Ooh. now. I didn't think that would ever happen. So, thank you. Thank you for following. Uh, and we will see you guys in a couple weeks for the next episode. Until then, stay yeah, safe. Stay safe, everyone. And have a good rest of the week. Bye! Bye.